Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them out, The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just said look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clips, the Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's popping, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your Jose. As always, I got the fam on with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And I got my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? We have an epic show in store for you today. Today is the show that we stake our claim that we. We put our head on the chopping blocks for our mans and them, aka the My Guys episode. We got news and notes for you, a lot of information that you're going to be able to use for the season. And we have the guys that you're going to be able to say, hey, you said they were going to show up. Either they did and congratulations, or they didn't and explain yourself. Remember, get your 20% off at manscaped.com. Com plus free shipping with promo code Fiends F E I N S. The Limewar 4.0 is like that. The best trim I've ever used. Waterproof, no nicks, no patches, and she'll love it too. If you're looking for us on Facebook, we are the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fiend, and on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend. If you're looking for promos, advertising, anything of that nature, hit us up at Gmail, Fantasy Football Fiend, F E I N, Fantasy Football Fiend at Gmail. Now let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, so we have a few things of interest happening this week. We had cut day, so that always makes for uh, a pretty exciting week to kind of see who made the roster, who didn't, who moved on, and how that affects the people that you thought had solidified jobs elsewhere. So first up, we had the Texans who signed O.J. Howard. Now, O.J. Howard, are we at the point now of considering him to be a bust? He, he was supposed to be one of those dudes at, at tight end. He signed with the Texans. Uh, he was with the you know Buccaneers and the Bills. But do we think O.J. Howard still has any opportunity at all to even be a decent NFL player? I think the fantasy side of that may have passed. But what do you guys got on O.J.? No, I think he's already passed already. Okay. He's like on fantasy his Fantasy and otherwise. Yeah, he's like on the what, fourth team in like a year? Something like that? So uh, two years? Yeah. Yeah, this so, is 13. Right now, everybody just kicking tires because of the name, because of, right. you know, what he did have. He did have something. He's still fairly young. No different than, like, people kicking the tires on Josh Gordon. Right. You see, <laughs> but it's at least not Gordon had idea. that season. You know, O.J. Howard, he's never had that. Not not even that shining moment. At least, at least Gordon say he had his moment, you know. Yeah, but Gordon had his moment 10 years ago. Yeah, and people are still inviting him in. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think this is it. some type of an NFL reclamation project or something at this point with him. Like, like somebody has to give him a job and at least keep him occupied. He got an uncle somewhere that's looking out for him within the NFL ranks or something. Like, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't get it <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we have uh, the Eagles who made a claim off of waivers. So now Trey Sermon supposedly was having the best offseason that he's had in his young career thus far. And the Eagles just plain don't seem to like Miles Sanders. And I believe the Eagles also picked up LaMichael Piron, if I'm not mistaken. What's going on here? Like like the Eagles running, I mean, the Eagles running back room was already confusing. And I already thought they were going to be a running back by committee type of a situation. But now it, this is getting ugly. I, I don't want to touch 
their backfield with a 10-foot pole at this point. And with that being said, Miles Sanders returned to practice on Thursday from his hamstring injury. So very full running back room right now there in Philly. Not really surprised. I mean, they was already in rumors about them looking for running backs. I mean, I heard uh, Alexander Madison name come up. I heard Kareem Hunt name come up. So I guess they was able to grab this third-round pick off of waivers, bring him in. Uh, not surprised. It's just a full-blown committee now. I wouldn't want to touch any guy in this in this room, to be honest with you, whether it's Sanders, Gainwell, Sermon, anybody. I don't want to have my hand on anybody when it comes to fantasy, from a fantasy standpoint. I agree. Miles just need to ask for a trade and get the shit over with. Bring somebody like Sermon, like, what is he going to do? He's going to be like Howard? Because Gainwell is pretty efficient. Like you say, some of those things, you don't even want to rack your brain who's going to do what. It's, Sanders just need to ask for a trade and get it over with. Maybe he has been on the block and people just didn't go after him. Maybe they thought he might get cut or something. I don't he, know. He's that, just that's fortunate. He has the talent. I mean, he's fortunate to be one of those kids. He's from Pennsylvania and he plays in Pennsylvania. Like that's his whole entire career. Gotcha. Top okay. to bottom. But it ain't working out, bro. You're going to have to leave your, your environment because they obviously ain't looking like you the guy. <laughs> you might need a Leonard yeah. Fournette to kind of spruce something up. He, he might be a, a trade deadline candidate to be moved on. You know, running backs get hurt all the time, and then somebody else gets hurt on another team somewhere. They may come calling. We'll kind of see how that works out. Speaking of RB changes, we have the Patriots running back, Ramondre Stevenson, who is going to be getting the bulk of the passing down snaps. But I also saw some information out there saying that he may be in line to actually take over as the starting running back and pretty much make Harris his backup. Right now, the news coming out of New England, as far as the running backs are concerned, is this may actually be a year where we have a two-headed monster and the starter within that two-headed monster looks to be Ramondre Stevenson. So based on the fact that most people stay away from the Patriots running backs because it may be a committee versus a bell cow or a two-headed monster type system, this may be the year where you actually get your money's worth because there won't be quite as many cooks in the kitchen if you will running back Ty Montgomery is out with his ankle issue he was going to kind of take over a little bit of the James White role so now it looks as if Ramondre may just be the man we'll see what he does with it I know if he fumbles week one his ass is going to get benched so we're going to see how that goes I like it I was able to pick him up in my on my team because I seen the writing on the wall a long time ago I think Bill also don't want to look too predictable you know in the past when they put James White in you had an idea that's going to pay the ball right and the same thing maybe with a LeGarrette Blunt or whoever all these other early down running backs they had over the years where they, they had one job <laughs> right so I think one thing where Mondre is he can run you know what I'm saying he can also catch the ball well so it become a little more difficult to, to to read for defenses so I think this is the reason why he's um maybe catapulting in front of a guy like Damian Harris moving forward things gonna really come down to his pass protection as long as that's pretty good he may be a, this may be a three down roll actually I'm kind of in the middle what kind of running back does New England want as far as their first you know the one and two down because Harris looks good when he had his opportunities and then Ramondre came on later on the season pretty good I think it's an added benefit that to your point that Ramondre can catch the ball but it's like it's like once you think we can hammer something with New England it's like another layer come out of nowhere <laughs> But I think, honestly, he has the grasp on the role as far as being a pass catcher. I, I feel like the same advantage that he could be potentially a three-down back. But it's just like you just never know with this backfield, like, who's going to be the guy definitively. Speaking of not knowing what's going to happen definitively in the depth chart situation, uh, we're getting a little bit more information out of Kansas City as to who's going to end up being the number two wide receiver behind Juju Smith-Schuster. And the athletics, Nate Taylor believes it's going to be McCole Hartman, at least to open up the season. Right now, he is tracking to be ahead of MBS and Sky Moore. Now, with Sky Moore, he did miss quite a bit of the offseason, so I'm not, and, and he's a rookie, so. I'm not sure if this is just time in the system. Um, he's been there for several years. He does. He should have the most rapport outside of Travis Kelsey, considering any of the wide receivers that are currently available to Patrick Mahomes. So is McCole Hartman someone that we as the fantasy community are kind of looking over? And if he is the number two wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes, what type of fantasy value does he end up holding? Um, I think he's actually an underrated player. Considering um he's a guy returning, I know they brought in a whole whole another line of pass catchers. But again, some of the things you spoke on, he has to report with the quarterback. 
He knows the system. He's uh, floating around on a lot of free agent lists, actually, on, in a lot of leagues. And he's just being overlooked. I think he could definitely do wide receiver three. So there's a free wide receiver three on your waiver right now, most likely. It's, it's possible. One thing about Pat Mahomes, he does spread it around pretty good. Can't really say who's going to be the guy. I mean, the most consistent is going to be Travis Kelsey, of course, out of the guys. Right. But I can definitely see McCole maybe catching six to eight touchdowns this year. I think that's possible. So why not? I think wide receiver three is a, it's a good good spot for him. I'm not sure how this is going to shape out to your point. Really what bodes well is that just a team that likes to use a lot of three receiver sets. I think they're like 67% at three receiver sets. So regardless of how it works out, there's going to be a plethora of wide receivers on the field at any moment. Moment. I think, like you said, with the familiarity to the system already, McCole has the edge, but I think it's going to vary. Like we saw with Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and McCole, either one of those three throw it up, they had a great week, but I still like Scott Moore considerably. Uh, hopefully, things with his injury come more comes more to light, but he is somebody that I think, out of all of them, possessed the route running and separation by far uh, better than the rest of the, the, his teammates. Bucks insider Rick Stroud gives wide receiver Chris Godwin a 50-50 chance of playing in the season opener against the Cowboys. Godwin is still on the mend. Julio's looking good. They just got rid of Tyler Johnson. Mike Evans is who he is. What are we thinking about the the pass catchers as far as Tampa Bay is concerned and how much leeway do we give Godwin on our fantasy teams? Is this a guy that we stay away from and maybe trade for later? Do you trade for him now while he's down? Or like, how do you approach this Godwin situation? If I had to do one of the two, I probably would trade for him now while he's down. I mean, because you'd probably be able to get him for a cheaper price um, if you wait for Much him to. Cheaper. Yeah, if you wait for him to explode, I mean, then of course the price is going to go up. So I will go for him now. He's definitely a, a buy low guy right now. But with his ADP, I mean, he, he's pretty low. So the return right now, I think it's, 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 a, it's definitely a high reward return if you go for him. Very low risk, I mean, because of where he's being drafted. You shouldn't have to give up very much to get him. But I still like uh, Chris Godwin um, as a football player and as a fantasy uh, fantasy player as well. So I will buy low on him right now. If you're somebody like me who still hasn't had their fantasy draft, I'm going to definitely be taking a look at his value. Um, I've been actually looking at him pretty closely, and he's been uh, doing pretty well in camp. He's been running very fluidly. I like that, that you know, a lot of the times you hear that he's running really crisp routes or really fluid routes. It's not – He's not showing hardly any element towards the knee, but as we already know, getting conditioned for an NFL season, regardless of what you do, individuals uh, and working his way into the seven or sevens, I think he's a few weeks to go. Um, but I do, like you said, it's, t- it's time to buy low now because we know Tom Brady really loves this kid I and mean, favors him a lot in the passing game. Definitely a buy low for that one. Let me play devil's advocate. If it's going to take him a few weeks to get right and Julio is healthy in his building rapport and he ends up being the wide receiver three just based on availability and comfortability, is he still worth having with the injury risk looking at where he is right now today? looking at the fact that he probably won't be right for a few weeks, if not longer, and the fact that in recent seasons past, he's had, uh, you know, that injury bug kind of hit him as well. Like, for me, it's almost, almost, like, unless, I don't Unless he's like a throw in in a trade or something, I, I don't I don't know that I trust him this year. So what I can say is I can we can always speak to his injuries because we've always seen him come up on the injury report. We've also seen him play through a lot of his injuries uh, a fair amount. That of is time. true. I'll give him that. That's true. Julio also we don't. I think the concern with Julio is we don't know about his hamstring and he's been having hamstring issue plural with both of them for the last several seasons and caught and it cost him to miss a considerable amount of time with the uh tennessee titans most recently that's it's like a buy beware with even julio because we we see the potential there but we also don't know what you're saying is go grab mike evans (laughs) (laughs) right That's, that's the best advice we can basically get. go get Mike Evans. He's going to be there. That's going to be interesting, man. They, they got a lot going on injury-wise down there in Tampa Bay. Speaking of injuries, we had the report of the commander's running back, Brian Robinson, being shot twice. Uh, once he was shot in the ass, if I'm not mistaken, and he was one shot of, in the knee. One of them went in so, <laughs> so it didn't hit anything major, didn't mess up any tendons, ligaments, uh, any of that good stuff. Uh, didn't, you know, mess up any bones or anything. So they're saying that he could be ready, you know, somewhere between four to six weeks. 
I've never been shot before. Um, but it, I could only imagine that you don't fully recover other than in the movies from gunshots in a month. You're a running back and you got shot in the knee and in the ass. And you're going to be ready to get hit and ready to put force on both of the. I don't know. It seems to be asking a lot. He's a rookie. I know he wants his opportunity to shine. It looked like he had his chance to kind of step up and over Gibson, which now this kind of brings a whole nother issue on the back end. Do we think that Gibson may be able to actually come in and actually show a little bit of what he showed through certain weeks of last season? This running back situation just kind of got crazy in Washington. And they let Patterson go. So I'm not sure if they may be working on bringing in maybe someone off of waivers, whatever the case may be there as well. Very unfortunate situation from what the news is coming out. I mean, I guess I'm not really too surprised by him getting back on the field early again. I mean, every situation is different. I'm pretty sure like just because, you know, Tom gets shot don't mean, you know, he's going to be out just as long as John. So. Right. I just, I just think one of those things where if it hasn't hit anything major, um, like say any tendons, ligaments, or you know, I guess he was that four week pup and uh, get him back out there. But he seems fine. Um, he seemed like he was in good spirits. Right. And, uh, Definitely. He was back at the team facility. Right. So he was. I mean, he obviously he's not. You know working out or nothing yet I mean, yeah. i'm just saying man like if, if i got if i got stabbed with a butter knife in the knee and in the ass i don't want to get hit on, on I, i'm not trying to get hit in a month on that but he got shot twice i don't i don't know man that's i don't know i honestly think uh what was telling of how less severe this was was that i think he only was in the hospital for two days obviously yeah. you gotta include he had surgery and they let him go next yeah day. so i think that's really promising to tell like I don't know. It's it, like that backfield. I think this was Antonio Gibson saving grace. Had he not played through that shin injury last year, I think he would have been on the bench last year had he not played through that injury. This is his opportunity to shine, but we can't. We don't know what that looks like with him anymore. He had that one pop off season, and can, we can't even call it that. He just had good games that that first season, and then he just fell to injury. So Brian Robinson, I I don't think he's going to be able to contribute to a high clip, but. I mean, what can you do but stash him if you already have him? And then we all got to wait to see what he does when he get back. That's why they make IR spots. Ho- hopefully you have those in your league. He's definitely someone to stash if you already have. Or if you didn't have him and he's available on your waivers, you know, pick him up, throw him in the IR, and then backfill your bench with whoever you drop if that is available to you. Let me ask you guys this, though. Same situation concerning the same team. How do you as a coach go to the guy that you said is going to be the best kick returner in the league this year and now say, I have faith in you to be my number one running back? How does that situation work? I don't know. I wonder if he's going to return kicks now. That's number one. I mean, can he? I mean, they only got it's only him and JD on the roster right now, I believe, once they got rid of Patterson. Or maybe they picked up. Did they pick up two rookies? Uh, I don't know. Um, but I know that there's no one of note behind those guys, so I don't I don't Yanni see might, how you do that. Might be the returner, the second year kid. I can see that. Yeah, didn't he return kicks in college as well? Yep. Well, okay. he still got the kid. They, they got the kid Jonathan Williams still on the team. I completely forgot about him. What do you do? He's no longer the returner now. Now he's back to the RB one. Maybe the Commanders should call the Eagles and get Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, that'd be a nice little trade. Hell, even though it's an in division trade, I know you don't see up. that very often. But one man's trash. Right. I just think with Gibson, he's a prototypical kind of guy. You know, six feet, two twenty eight, four three forty. Just he looks good from afar. But he's he's far removed. He's a wide receiver turned running back. So it's just like maybe they did. They genuinely meant that he was a great kick returner because that's a part of his skill set. But him as a running back, I don't think he's defined himself yet as a runner. We've seen him have good plays, break tackles, all that good stuff. But I don't know. Ron Rivera seemed like one of the people he like you and he like you when you look good. And then when you get a little under, you know, once he get under you, he get some time with you. He don't like you as much because this is the same guy he said was like CMC to him. He went from CMC to the best kick returner. <laughs> My, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that that's a hell of a fall, bro. I mean, just just go ahead and trade them. Like I hate I hate to see you know when it gets to the point where it's obvious to everyone that y'all just don't get along. What what's my motivation here? How am I helping you? How are you helping me at this point? Let's just go ahead and move off of it. But. That pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into Rapid Fire 10. 
And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, Rapid Fire 10, man. This edition, fiends want to know who do I start week one. Let's get right into it. Number one, A.J. Dillon or Damian Pierce? I'm telling you, that's a good one. I would have to say, I like both of them very much so. I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon. Not to say I don't like uh, Damian Pierce against the Colts. I just I just know wholeheartedly what his role is going to be. I don't, Levy, I don't know if you play in poker or whatever, but I don't got time for that. You know, I'm in the league. I'm trying to win money now and win games now. I already know what Dylan going to be, so I'm going to go with Dylan. I completely agree. I saw a blurb yesterday saying that Shaquille Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts is back in practice. He is the run stopper. I don't think that Pierce will have the the first game that people might expect based on the hype that he's gotten in the offseason. So uh, I'm going to go with the guy that I know is going to be there on the goal line, the guy that's going to get a little bit more work this season than in past based on the pass catchers that they don't have. So I'm going to go with AJ Dillon on this one. I agree with Joe. Miles Sanders or ETN? Oh, that's an easy one for me. Give me ETN. They just added more running backs to the backfield in Philly, and he seems to stay in the doghouse or hurt or both. So give me ETN and the the promise of what could be. I see him being the outlet for Trevor Lawrence. Whenever he kind of gets in trouble, they already have that rapport, and he might just actually be the best pass catcher on the team or close to it as well. So give me ETN. Yeah, I agree. Um, save some time in the show. Give us ETN. Uh, we got Melvin Gordon or Brees Hall. It's a little closer than what you might think. It's it's a six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But you you have a known commodity versus a guy that could overall break out. Yeah, we, uh, week one, I don't, I don't want to see Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go with Gordon. He got the softer matchup against Seattle. And like, like to everything that uh, Zay said, we already know he's going to be involved in a, a good split. He's going to catch the ball at the backfield. Okay, we got uh, Naheem Hines or James Cook. Now, that one is, to me, is almost about dead even. But I know what I'm getting out of Hines. I know what I'm getting minimally is what I got last year. And between what he's saying and what his coaches are saying, it looks like he's going to get a little bit more involved. So in the PPR league, this guy may actually end up being someone who is a weekly start, even if he, you know, without injury or anything of that nature, as far as JT is concerned. I'm going to uh, go with Hines as well, too. I think Hines is going to play a considerable amount. I think he honestly will get the bulk of the carries behind uh, JT. I like James just the same. I think James is going to be a pretty good player. But again, I'm, I'm going to go with the matchup. I don't think this is a good spot for him against the Rams. Chris Olave or McCole Hardman? I like this one. I like this one. I'm, you know what, Joe? You go ahead and go first on this one. Honestly, I think with this game, but for both of them, it's going to be it's kind of tough. I'm going to go and edge it out to uh, Olave. I just think even though it's a lot of mouths for both players, I think he's the, the clear-cut second receiver on the team. And with it in question right now, if Michael Thomas is going to start, I know he's still hampered with injury. I don't see nobody – keeping up with Olave. Olave's been burning people like crazy. And to me, one of the last things you said is the key. Michael Thomas is not quite ready yet. Doesn't mean that he won't play week one, but he's not quite ready yet. And those fresh legs, that deep ball, and the threat of the wide receivers underneath, as long as Thomas is on the field, Landry's out there, Alvin Kamara's out there, you really can't pay that much attention to the young pup. And I think he's going to get at least one pass caught that shows you why they drafted him, if that makes sense. Whether that ends up being a touchdown or whether it's just a, a 50-yard bomb to go with you know the other few catches that he may get during the game. I think he's going to have a nice little baseline there based on the situation that he's in. With Miko, I'm not sure exactly how this works because the biggest difference is, although he may be the number two wide receiver on this team, the number one wide receiver isn't the number one pass catcher. He's actually further, if you look at it from that perspective, down the depth chart than Olave would be as well. Olave could be the number one wide receiver based on Michael Thomas being hurt and Landry not really being 
that dude. He he's he's a slot receiver. He's great at it, but he's not an outside receiver more often than not. He can go to the outside, but you know they hired him to be a slot machine. So that's kind of what I'm saying for that. I think it depends on also, um, like you said before, if uh, Michael Thomas is playing. Don't forget the Falcons have AJ Terrell. He's locking up. Facts, facts. Yeah. So if he's on Michael Thomas, then Olave should you know have a great day. If, if Michael Thomas is out, then that mean AJ would be on him. So, <laughs> no um, bueno. <laughs> if Elijah Moore or Christian Kirk, Elijah Moore or Christian Kirk, I think I'm gonna go with Christian Kirk. And just because I think in game one they're going to see what they have in their expensive ass pass catcher that they clearly overpaid, but they want to see if he's worth the money in game one. So I, I can see a lot of the targets going between him and ETN in game one. His better football is going to be played in this offense. Him and Lawrence just got this little chemistry together. I don't know if they like roommates during training camp. They holding hands and doing bonfires, but they have a, a huge rapport with one another. They've been connecting a lot on the field so far through OTAs, uh, joint practices, etc. And you can just we saw it a little in, in little spouts during the uh, preseason game as well. I, I think he's their number one receiver, but he's going to be featured heavily in the slot. Chase Claypool or Treylon Burks. I'm gonna have to go with Claypool. I just, I honestly, I think whoever starts with them, they're gonna try out three receivers, and it seemed like Claypool has like that ability to score from various ways. They gave him little end arounds, they gave him little bubble screens, and he has the more upside right now. Burks is just. It's just, I mean, he has way to go to be an NFL receiver. This would be a good question in the second half of the season. Uh, I feel the same way. Uh, you have two people that are kind of in the doghouse a little bit, but one is actually shown the ability to show up on the NFL field. Burks has not even shown the ability to be able to get through a practice without not being able to breathe. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not, nah, you can keep, you can have Burks. I, I, I don't want to. All right, we got Austin Hooper or Evan Ingram. Easy for me. Give me Austin Hooper all day. And that's all I'm going to say for right now. There's another doo-doo or doo-doo, my opinion. You would want to your think, mouth. <laughs> you would think it, 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 it extends itself more to Hooper week one. They just have nobody to throw to. And I think he was foreshadowed a lot by what Cleveland liked to run. I don't think it's ridiculous with what kind of receiver he is. Um, at tight end. So I'll take Hooper, but if Ingram was to pop off for like five catches, 70 yards and a touchdown, I think he's really fitting into what they want to do out there in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think he's definitely underrated and undervalued as well. I think Ingram, knowing that uh, Peterson offense, uh, the tight end is always heavily targeted. So some of the watch. Yes, yes. Is he being drafted? I don't even think he's been. No, he's not. He, he be, I think he but, will sneak up on people. But I don't think I don't think Doug Peterson ever had a tight end. I've been drafted right now. I don't think Doug Peterson ever had a tight end finish uh, no lower than six, something like that. So I don't something think to watch. Evan has ever made it through a season. Like literally, not 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 even tongue in cheek. Has he literally ever made it through a season? No, no, ever. <laughs> I, I think what is what's good, what speaks for him is like, I think this is like a renaissance kind of, this is like a born again kind of thing where he's going to a, a like he said, a perfect fit to everything that Van has been saying about him. Cause he also mentioned a lot about Peterson and how he favors tight ends in the prior show. I think he born again. Cause he, he looked pretty good during preseason. If he can stay healthy. Oh, he has the talent. I mean, don't yeah. hear what I'm not saying. He's he's always had the talent. It's just that he, he's never available. Like, I legit believe that he's never made it through a season. That's the only thing. that It's not a talent thing at all. If he can stay healthy, which is asking him a lot, I think he's going to pay dividends this year. But we got to take Hooper. Baker Mayfield or Mac Jones? I don't want to sound like a homer here. But I got to go with Mac Jones. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be a little bit too hyped up going against his old team. And they have a, a legit defense. And most of them dudes genuinely don't like Baker. And now they get to legally beat his ass. Baker might not make it through the game. I, give me Mac. Give me Mac. I like Mac too. Just looking at it, it might be a funeral for Mayfield week one. Just to pack everything they got on defense, front seven, the safety, you know, safety DBs. Like you said, a lot of people didn't already like him, but then you get Miles Garrett week one. Denzel Ward can take I think Denzel Ward can and take Cooper. Also, Baker Mayfield gave him a little bulletin board material. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. So it's going to be what interesting. You say? Apparently, what happened was he was having a personal conversation with the reporter. 
And I guess the reporter said that, uh, so are you going to fuck him up week one? And he was like, he, he said like he agreed with her. He didn't actually say it, but the, the, the quote that came out is that he said it, but then he clarified that, you know, I didn't actually say it. I just agreed with her or something like that. But it's just, it's just kind of interesting to me that, you know, that, that came about that way. Well, uh, Clowney and uh, Garrett is going to have some fun week one. <laughs> Absolutely. You believe that. That that man going to get sacked at least. I, I, I would say <laughs> if you give me, th- uh, let's say, three sack three times over under, I'd I take the over. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a four or five sack game for him. That, he ain't going to have no pocket. All right, last but not least, we have Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston. I'm gonna have to take Winston. I, I like Mariota. Mariota, I think he, I think he gets it at the NFL level. I think he's right where he would have been had Jay Gruden not screw him over. I mean, John Gruden, excuse me. But Winston, I think clearly he's ready to play. I, I know I crack fun a lot about his YMCA tendencies and how he trained in the projects, but he looked good, man. He's been looking really sharp and making a lot of good throws. He has, to me, the weapons. He has the clear-cut weapons, not we hope. I mean, I think he has just a lot more to work with, and he has Kamara from every looks of it. I think that bodes well for him. What I'm seeing in these two teams, as far as the weapons are concerned, you know how when you used to go to the grocery store with your mom and at eye level, you see all of the cereal with the real characters? You know, you see Tony the Tiger. You see, you know, the the the, the Lucky Charms little leprechaun. You know, you see, you see all of the actual characters there. You know, we were broke. So I had to look just below on the bottom shelf cereal. And they had Count Blackula or some shit. And they had like just, just a g- generic Timmy the Tiger that had like one two for some shit like if you look at what atlanta is they're they're the generic brand of new orleans their 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 quarterback is the generic brand of a quarterback their starting running back is the generic brand of kamara patterson is i mean the way they use them is the generic brand of kamara if you look at the the receiving core it's just all one step below if all other things are equal i think the weapons are going to make it that Jameis edges this one out or not even edges kind of leads comfortably from the front and that concludes our rapid fire Rapid Fire 10. The fantasy football fan family. I heard these is for real. Dog. Uh-huh. That's my man, Tanel. But I heard these are supposed to be like locking down the industry on some shit, on some power shit. Dog. That's my man, Tanel. Mm, so what I'm doing? Right, right. My man's in them is doing. Because. Right. That's my man's in them. You know, I feel you. Now you feel me. I feel you. Uh oh. What have you done now? So much of this. Just don't listen. I must be hard at it. All right, all right, all right. It is time. You heard the man. That's my man's and him. It's time for us to stake our claim, tell you who it is we're riding with and why. Some of these may be breakouts. Some of these may be logical conclusions based on what the numbers are telling us over the years. But we are going to give you the guys that we are staking our claim on in this segment. My man's in him, a.k.a. the My Guys segment. We are going to go ahead and hop into it with quarterback. Joe, why don't you start us out with your man's in them at quarterback? Like my man's in them? Like we're we going with value. We're going with people who you don't even have to consider as your first choice, but they definitely have the upside potential to play to that level. So I went with Daniel Jones. I wanted to swing a little bit different from what we've been talking about in the show. I'm actually high on him. At, even at QB 22, some might think like it's not much room for improvement. He's right about the same spot. But I really think um, this was the perfect marriage of both coach and then um, staff around him to kind of put it all together. First and foremost, he has the first easiest schedule uh, going on as far as the NFL this season. And then his last four games, which for 14 through 17, we got Eagles, Washington, Vikings, and Colts. So off the bat, off schedule alone, and then last four, he's already in conversation if you needed a second QB 
um, or even a third QB, depending if you are um, with Superflex or so forth. But then let's get to who he got. So real quick, we already know Brian Sable, but everybody got to know he mentored Tua, Hertz, and Mac uh, Jones at one point when playing for Bama as the OC and QB coach. He then went on and his next project for three years was Josh Allen. So he's already been the whisperer for his entire career, even if you look up his uh, profile of what he's been doing as far as uh, a coach. Then he gets Matt Matt, uh, Kafka. So Kafka is a similar story to him, but not as prodigious where Matt, we already know Kafka is a player, but he's like a Kellen Moore who was a player, then become a coach. Um, I love that about him. Uh, He spent from, you know, 2017 to 2021 with the Chiefs. But that's also the same time Mahomes was there. So first year, he's been as a quality control. Obviously, Matt Mahomes didn't start. Well, Pat Mahomes, excuse me. But then second year on, he worked as a QB coach. He worked as a passing coordinator. And he he had so much familiarity working with good quarterbacks. So what I'm going to say, just like I did last year with explaining Herbert and so on and so forth, he has the people around him to actually make him better as a quarterback. He went through his first few years, new system, new coach. And then Garrett was just horrible. He was dismal. Already, we've seen them commit to putting more around him. He got Tooney. He got Wandell. Saquon, I think, is back at a, a good level. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm rocking with Daniel Jones. I think, yeah, he's at 22. Clear second quarterback. If you're in a play, a position of a super flex, he might be somebody who might be the second or third choice. But his upside, you can put him clearly. I think I, you can put him within 14 to 22. This team's going to love to pass the ball. They're going to love to use vertical concepts. The coaches say what they want to do. You got somebody who worked under the Chiefs, one under the Bills, and what they love to do is clearly air air the ball out and dip and dunk. And we done seen uh, Daniel Jones run the ball a plenty, and we've seen him break out 30, 40-yard uh, gains at a time. I think he's very comparable to what Brian uh, Sable might have saw in Josh Allen, not as where Allen is today, but Allen as a rookie, I think, is a similar story from Wyoming to do the players. Uh, I'm make a nice, short, sweet, man. Uh, QB 15, Kirk Cousins. This is the like. guy. We already know about the, the new regime in Minnesota. Um, the last two years, this guy threw for 35 and 33 passing touchdowns. And he should be upward of 40, 40 plus with this new uh, offense coming in. Going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets. Um, it's more of a pass first offense um, with the emergence of a Justin Jefferson in his offense. I just think it's going to see a, a, a upward turn for Kirk Cousins. I think he should definitely be pushing top six QBs this year. So to be uh, ranked QB 15, I think he could push a top six QB in this league as far as fantasy. So I'm going with Kirk Cousins as my, my man's at the quarterback position. I cannot disagree at all. If they're going from run heavy to pass heavy and Justin Jefferson takes a step, whatever that looks like for that guy, the guy passing on the ball, along with the fact that Irv Smith is healthy, Thielen is healthy right now, KJ Osborne is set for a breakout. I mean, they, they have some guys. So, and let's not forget that Dalvin Cook catches the ball out of the backfield as well. Yeah, he, he's one of those bargain guys that can literally take you to the top. So I agree there. I have a guy that is kind of similar. He's finished each of the last several seasons with over 4,000 passing yards. He's actually had a 5,000-yard season. He's above a 67% completion rate. He ranks fourth highest in completions with 1,518 only behind Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Patrick Mahomes. I give you Derek Carr. Derek Carr was putting up numbers before he had a offensive guru as a head coach, before he had arguably the number one wide receiver in the league. Derek Carr put up 4, 000, over 4,000 yards last year when almost everyone on his team was hurt. When his coach got fired midseason, when who was supposed to be his number one wide receiver went to jail. Not only that, but hold on a second. There's more. This guy has been QB 13 three times. You can get him around the set. I think him and Kirk Cousins are neck and neck as far as ADP is concerned. Here's the thing. If all of that was working against him and he was QB 13 and you can get him that late with everything working for him, how can he not be a QB one? That's what the numbers are showing me. That's what the situation is showing me. I love the division that he's in because every single week he's going to have to go balls to the wall from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. They are not going to be able to let down. I love his situation. I love his weapons. 
I believe that Derek Carr is going to be on a lot of championship teams. That's my man's in there. This is going to be the tell of the story when you a year too early. But we're going to get it right this year. We're going back to Saquon Barkley. We're going to bring it back. Because this year, he's my man's and them. You know, I got to put emphasis. I think last year, he just tried to prove too much. He wasn't as healthy. And he just, he did too much of what he typically did most of his career going from Penn also to the Giants. Dabble isn't one of those coaches. Like, the emphasis this entire season has been for, for Saquon to make more instinctual runs to be more downhill and not to dance. That's been like, that's clearly, and that's what that, um, Dabble mentioned, that that's all he's seen Saquon do uh, relatively well. I think this is a, a healthy Saquon. This isn't, this isn't, and I think that's the thing. People have this thing because he's been healthy, you know, considerably hurt throughout the seasons. This is not somebody whose whole career has been, he's been hurt. This is somebody who's been overexerting himself, you know, in bad situations, but this is the, this is the one. <laughs> I feel like a bad salesman, but. Um, what I like about him is that I think he comes back as the, the not just the running back, but he's going to catch some passes this year in this offense. Looking at the, even a small sample size of a three-headed monster and just taking that Devin Singletary, he had 40 receptions to Zach Moss 23. And I think they're going to look to pass inc- uh, incredibly more and get him more involved. We've seen Saquon even just last season with just 13 games catch 41. I think this is a year he's going to go back to his rookie season and catch closer to 80 to 90 passes in this offense. Considering he's a running back 11 right now, I think his upside to finish in the top. So it, again, it's just clear. I feel like he's back to himself, and I, I'm not. I'm gonna take what happened last year, and I'm gonna bring it to this year and give him my man's in them. Uh, Got to extend the M because I'm bringing him back for year two. I can rock with it. I can rock with it. I, he, he's another one of those, as long as he remain healthy guys for me. Um, I, I can't speak against the guy when he's on the field, and I definitely won't speak against what looks to be Dabble's offense. So I can see that one. Um, I, I, I do like Barkley this year. I'm just not convinced, again, that he's going to stay healthy. So as it pertains to guys that I kind of have to pick early, I try to be as risk averse as possible, but I can see him being on some championship teams if things break right. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. I think with him, he just naturally going to fall to you the mid-second to third round. So depending on the, your strategy and what you're looking to do, this is somebody you can go out, especially being in Superflex, I can get me, you know, following the top six strategy that Vander pointed out or going quarterback, quarterback, or have it work out of Superflex. It's still where a point in no matter the format, you can get him at a reasonable price and you're not depending on him to be the guy. If you're a two running back guy, you already got it. The main guy at your homestead, he's just a bad, you know, that second guy. But his upside is crazy. I'm going to go with the guy that finished fifth overall last year. He's coming in this year as uh, running back 16, and that's James Conner. Running back 16, and he finished five last year. 18 touchdowns last year, and this year he has virtually no competition. So he's set up for a big season. If he can stay healthy, this is a guy you should go get. There's nobody else there. It's him. He's the man. It's more of a spread offense. He's he's the goal line. He's a short yardage. He can also catch the ball at the backfield. I don't know what's more I need to say. I mean – the upside is there. Like Joe kind of said, he's one of those guys you see later and later rounds. Uh, 16th running back. I mean, that's pretty low considering the guy that finished fifth last year. So I think he's the value. This is my man's. And um, as long as he can stay healthy, this is a jewel that you want to grab. I'm starting to notice a pattern that most of the guys <clears throat> that we like <clears throat> are guys that are capable of taking you to the top as long as they keep themselves in the game. Um, and the guy that I have at running back kind of follows that same pattern and that's one mr deandre swift so he played 13 games last season he was the rb19 overall he was one of the top pass catchers as far as running backs is concerned with 53 passes caught and he played about close to 70 percent of the snaps the thing that i like so much about deandre swift is that no matter if they're up, down, no matter if it's first quarter, last quarter, he's a part, an integral part of the game. So I can see as long as he remains healthy, the same as we've kind of stated about the previous running backs that have been named in this segment, I can actually see him vying for 
top three as far as running back is concerned just because especially in ppr because he's going to be up there he he may be the number one guy as far as pass catching is concerned so deandre swift is my man's there now all right sticking with value sticking with the the bottom to the top hold on joe are you in like your grandpa's chair or something because every time you start talking it sounds like you opening up a casket or some shit. What what you got going on over there? I'm I'm about to you know what? Because we I've been getting manscaped a lot. I'm about to switch these chairs over to a sturdier chair. This is how good the man I managing up segment is working. That I can get me a new chair to record these shows. So my tight end, I'm gonna sit still for this one. I'm going to go back to what we discussed before and go back to Gerald Everett. Speaking of value, and I wanted to get somebody early and somebody you literally don't even have to draft. Gerald Everett, like I said, he's in a prime position. Speaking to what I was saying before, Herbert targets, as far as his target share, he targets the tight end on average 23%. That's ridiculous. And also, Cooks led uh, the NFL in routes uh, per snap. So he was on the field running snaps at a higher clip than anybody in the NFL. And you look at that's including the conversation, Kelsey and Pitts. What's different with Gerald Everett is, like I was saying in a prior show, he was hurt. And then at the same time, Russell Wilson got hurt. But he was on his way to having a breakout season within that time. And then to kind of finish out the season where things weren't great for our team, because I'm also obviously a Seahawks fan, he still was a, t- a tight end nine through weeks 10 and 16. They've already going to start using this kid, put him in the slot, doing the, the things that we see a lot of these top tight ends do as far as getting the tight end screens and, you know, things of that nature to get be heavily involved in the red zone. I think this is years. The post look at him at 22, cut that in half, and you can possibly have that conversation that he's top 12. And I'm glad I can get that on paper. I think Joe Everett is a standout. And you can look at Keenan and Mike, but that's what he was trying to do last year. And that's why the target share was heavily favored to tight end. Even if you cover either one of those, he's still going to look to someone. And I think Everett can put it together this year and have the breakout season he meant to have last year. So that's my man's enough. Vander, who you got at tight end? I'm going to go with Pat Firemuth. Okay. This guy caught uh, 60 balls as a rookie. He caught seven touchdowns as a rookie, which is pretty damn good for a tight Hell end yeah, in, in, in this league. Mitch Trubisky coming in, you, you tend to see a lot of these new quarterbacks, they'll lean on the tight end as a safety blanket. So I'm thinking that will continue moving forward. Being surrounded by these hell of a three wide receivers that they have in Pittsburgh, he may be the guy that's uh, not being paying attention to, if that makes sense, right. as much. So uh, for me, I'm going to go with Pat Firemouth as my man's in them. Definitely a value. He's actually, I've seen him go undrafted in a few leagues, actually. Even in the league that we were in, Jay, that he went undrafted. And I was able to pick him up off the free agent list and put him in a deal and trade him. He's just a guy that's under the radar, it seems. And I'm looking for him to have a, a, a hell of a second year because to catch seven balls as a tight end as a rookie is pretty impressive. So I'm going with Pat. Now, I know you have a, a pretty good football memory. Do you recall what Trubisky's tendency was in Chicago as far as passing to the tight end? Or is the offensive scheme that much different that his tendency there wouldn't matter now? Yeah, it is a different scheme. Um, I believe he had, I don't know if Jimmy Graham was a tight end at the time in yeah, Chicago. He might have still been. Was he still? No, nah, Graham was there two years ago. Maybe Jimmy. Okay. Had, I think he had, one, I think he had a, a, a good season with him. When that was 2018, don't get. Me I believe so. What well, actually it was two, he's, he, they he had was Trey, with the Bills for two years. So. I, actually, they had Trey Burton who uh who finished okay. who finished six overall. Okay, like it. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> now for me, my tight end is kind of along the same lines where you you definitely can get him with your last pick and um, off the waivers in most cases. But I want to kind of point something out, right? So we saw what happened when Odell Beckham Jr. went from Cleveland to Los Angeles, right? That Cleveland offense just didn't click as far as the passing game was concerned. And I believe that my mans and them at tight end fell victim and prey to the same issue. In 2021, Austin Hooper played all 16 games. He only had 73 fantasy points. Only had 61 targets, 38 receptions, which was about a 62% catch rate, right? Bismal. But I want to point out, prior to Cleveland, prior to becoming the highest paid tight end in the league in 2020, he was in Atlanta with a quarterback 
that could actually get him the ball. And in Atlanta, he was necessary because of the lack of passing weapons. The same story that we now have in Tennessee. In Atlanta, he had 97 targets, 75 receptions for a 77% catch rate, 154 fantasy points. Now, let's look at what happens when that guy that's capable of putting up those numbers is now paired with an offense that has always liked the tight end and also combined that with the news that we hear coming out of camp saying that he has been the go-to weapon for one Mr. Ryan Tannehill. He's been the guy with the most reliable hands. He's been the guy that's been utilized in the red zone and you can get him for free. And he was actually one of the top tight ends just a couple of years ago. The situation changing lends itself to being a lot more like what it was in Atlanta than what it was in Cleveland. So I believe that when we're talking values, when we're talking sleepers, this guy is the guy. He He's it. Tight end 25. You can literally make a move, free up a spot and then grab him. And based on the necessity of the offense, he's going to get his target. And based on his history, when he gets the targets, he has a he catches them at a pretty good clip. Baker Mayfield could barely throw the ball. He was still at a 66 percent catch rate in 2020. 62% in 2021, but we know the abysmal season that uh, Baker had upon getting injured, and that kind of made everyone suffer. So that's why this guy is so far back. But the last time he had a competent coach, a competent offense, and a competent quarterback, he was a stud. So yeah, Austin Hooper, that's my man's in there. Joe, let's go ahead and wrap it up with wide receiver. Who you got? I'm okay. We got to go to Gotham for this one because this man is called Bateman, but Batman. Oh, I'm gonna go with Rashad Bateman. That was that was fucking horrible. Go ahead. It wasn't horrible because <laughs> I technically still have the picture of him with the Batman uh, comic book and everything. But that's the, whatever. So anyway, somebody put him in a graphic as Batman. That's his his nickname. Oh, okay. But go going to Rashad, I, I had to, we got I had to bring him back for the sole reason of where he's going right now. He's still going anywhere between the fifth and seventh round. And I think it is because I still have my draft. Maybe that's why, why I'm still high on him. But not even just because I have the draft, but the value in which somebody took him. A lot of people don't know what they got. Some people are thinking that right now they have a wide receiver three. They already understand that he's, his floor is at a wide receiver two. But I think he's going to definitely emerge himself into the top 15 going into the season. Uh, because I've spoken about him on prior shows, I really just want to kind of look, everybody look at the volume in which, you know, he's going to be partaking in this offense and also to his skill set. How I can always put it to somebody because numbers don't really speak to it. You look at guys like DJ Moore, for example, where we, if we didn't look at it, DJ Moore is a decent wide receiver. But when you look at the fine points of what he does on the football field and what he means to a team, he's a remarkable wide receiver. Bateman is going to do tremendously well against all sorts of coverage. Coverage doesn't really matter with this kid. It's more or less him being able to take what um, Hollywood couldn't do. Because uh, I think that's one thing I want to point out to the viewers. Hollywood, as much as much he had the targets and he had the 91 catches, his catch rate was 62%. It's average. But we're looking at somebody, you, when you want to look at somebody so far look better, you want to target receivers who had a propensity to be in the 70% because those are the ones that are your breakout candidates. And that's what Bateman is going to do at an extremely high level is take those same targets, those same, that same value. His catch rate is tremendously higher and farther more explosive. Again, uh, we've seen, and I've broken down what he's done in certain routes, coverages, man coverage. This kid has, to me, the clearest way to the top. I think he's really undervalued at wide receiver two. Just somebody who can who has the upside to crack into the wide receiver one and finish in the top 15. Josh just got to look at the prior shows, man. Like It's all there. The numbers is all there that lends itself to it. This is my man's in them. Vander, what you got? I receive a 24, and that's the great Gabriel Davis from Buffalo Bills. I think he really showed out down the stretch last year. You know, people definitely remember that eight-catch, 201-yard, four-touchdown performance he had in the divisional round against the Chiefs. This is a guy who he, he just wasn't getting the playing time. And now that he's going to be elevated to the wide receiver two on this team, and I, I just think he's going to be a problem at that position. This guy should be wide receiver two. Um, he's going to probably have some wide receiver one weeks, of course, but I think he finished a wide receiver too. So, I mean, with the playing time, with the targets, I mean, he's shown that once given an opportunity, he balls out. So my man's in him at that wide receiver position is uh, Gabriel Davis. 
I can definitely see that the Bills are poised to have one of the most potent offenses out there this year, and he's definitely a key cog in that machine. So we could definitely see a lot from Gabriel Davis, which they're my Super Bowl pick right now, as far as the AFC is concerned, um, as far as getting to the Super Bowl. I can see them representing the AFC this year. I'm, I'm going to give you the, the the answers to the test. You know, I'm going to ask y'all that in just a second, who y'all, who y'all got going from the AFC and NFC to wrap up the show. As far as my wide receiver is concerned, you guys, I have a guy that we're kind of hearing his name, but I don't think the fire is burning quite hot enough as it should when we look at the track record of a few different things to consider. So my guy, my man's in there at wide receiver is Allen Robinson. Here's the thing, guys. Allen Robinson has had some of the worst luck as far as football situations are concerned and he has tried his best to try to make sugar out of shit it's basically what his situations have looked like he actually made blake bortles an all-star he had the earlier less seasoned version of mitchell trubisky and then he had the rookie version of justin fields combined with a matt Nagy that obviously did not like him very much so he had a lot working against him throughout his career. Now we're pairing him with Sean McVay and with Matthew Stafford, who is the best quarterback that he's had ever in his lifetime. Here's the other thing to consider. The Rams have targeted the wide receiver position a league leading 67% of the time. That's number one in the NFL since, let's say, 20, I want to say 17. Number one. Here's the other thing to consider. Robert Woods is now gone. Robert Woods was wide receiver number 11 and had 16 red zone targets in nine games before he ended up getting hurt. And that's the role that Allen Robinson is about to fill. The same role that OBJ popped off in is the role that Allen Robinson is about to fill. And he's already dominating the camp. He has everything that you can ask for. He has a changed situation. He has a chip on his shoulder to show that it was them and not me. He's been paid. There's nothing else that he can ask for. The, the situation is perfect for him. And barring injury, he has, to me, more talent than a Robert Woods. And if Robert Woods was the number one wide receiver in this type of an offensive situation, and he's already showing up in camp, and you know for certain the number one cornerback has to be on cup more often than not, that's going to be interesting. The only thing that may change that just a little bit is because Cup goes out of the slot. Sometimes the number one cornerback on the team may not be able or the scheme doesn't dictate that he kind of follows the number one wide receiver. But regardless of that, they have a, a true number one wide receiver playing a number two wide receiver role. And that is going to help pay dividends for one Mr. Allen Robinson. I believe he's going to be a weekly starter for sure. I see him being a back in wide receiver one, top end wide receiver two, worst case, barn injury, obviously. But Allen Robinson is, if you can get him at a reasonable price, go get him before he plays in the game. Because I believe his first game out of the gate they're going to show why it is they went after him and why they paid him. That's my guy. I got to say with Robinson, I'm I'm ecstatic about him. But for everything that you just kind of listed, like he didn't really play. Like he didn't even care. Like he was just out there just to make it a check. It wasn't like he did anything serious. And even scheme him in those games. I think it's too much left in the tank considering his skill set. And I think everybody kind of forgets like this guy, as much as he – does spectacular catches and everything else on the field. This guy's still a burner. Like he, you have to respect that he's one of the fastest guys in the league. That's a fearful combo to have Cup and Allen Robinson. And injuries happen in the sport. If Cup misses any time, I don't even think Cup has to miss time. I think I think it works out better for him if Cup is on the field. No, but I'm just saying in the event that Cup was to miss a considerable. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That's yeah. that's just that's giraffe. You know, stupid. We got a little saying in our, in our dynasty league whenever somebody prices high, that's the I mean, their their prices giraffe ass high. So, um, yeah, that, that's what he's referring to, but yeah, but even, I, for, even Gabriel for me, Davis, not to cut you off though, no, no, go ahead. Gabriel Davis is a, another good steal too, and I'm glad that we kind of got the chance to mention that. Like I said, I think I agree with what you just said too. Get him. Get these players now before week one, because Gabriel Davis' role—I don't care what Isaiah McKenzie is doing—Gabriel Davis is. His, I think he's hurt. 
Gabriel's hurt. I think McKenzie's hurt. Yeah, I saw oh. I saw something about McKenzie being hurt. No, 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 not Davis. McKenzie. Yeah, I think Gabriel is just scratching the surface of how good of a receiver he could be. I think he's only a third. This is his third year in the league, and that's where most receivers actually start to break out. So it's really in line with what Vegas was saying. One hundred percent spot on. You guys got any honorable mentions? Anything else you want to throw out there as far as bowl predictions? If not, give me your Super Bowl picks. I gotta think about the Super Bowl. Bills and Niners. Okay. I say Bills, but on the NFC side, I think I'm going to pick the Rams to repeat. I'm going to go with Kansas City and the Eagles. Mm, okay. I like that one, actually. I like that one. That pretty much wraps it up for the Mans and them episode. We get into the meat of the season. We start talking about start sits. We start talking about waivers. We are going to bring two shows to you uh, each week during the regular season. Uh, the first show of the week, will that'll kind of give you a recap of what happened on Sunday and Monday. And then we'll kind of let you know who you need to be eyeing on the waiver for Waiver Wire Wednesday. And then we'll have a show that comes out probably Thursday or Friday that will kind of give you our synopsis for the week. And what we think is going to happen, our prognostications, those uh, DFS type things as well may be applicable in that show. We'll kind of see what goodies we'll have in store. But ride along with us. I promise you, you guys that have been riding with us all along, I already know your team. Teams look great because you didn't get scared in the later rounds because you were picking guys that you heard us talk about all offseason. So you were very much prepared. So tell your friends, let them know these dudes know what they're talking about. The draft is just one piece of the puzzle that doesn't get you your championship. So the moves that you make during the season are vitally important. You have your draft, you have your season. Then you have the playoffs and what you do in each component is a little bit different. So stick with us. We'll make sure that you get the information you need to guide you through. And that wraps it up for this week. We out.